Brother Gardner, <clears throat> Brother Warren, brethren, friends. Of course, I'm glad to be here, but I stand with a heavy heart. Brother Dixon was one of the closest personal friends of my life and his family. I loved him not only for his work's sake, but as a neighbor and as a friend. And I know he would rejoice tonight if he could know of this great crowd, of this fine interest, and of the great hope and expectations of this school. Brother Gardner, we are all going to help you in every way that we can, because we love the cause of Christ. Brother A.G. Freed served and has gone to his reward. Brother Hardiman led in such a distinct way for so many years, and now Brother Dixon has gone from us. But the cause that they serve remains, and for it we shall all work as hard, if not harder, than we've ever worked before. And I'm glad to know of the great memorial fund that has been begun for Brother Dixon, and I know that you, like I, want to have a part in it. But I must pass from these matters because I know that if Brother Dixon were to have his wish, he would rather that we go right on about our work, that you be yourself and I be myself. And that's the reason that I wanted this harness, that I didn't have to stand behind this thing here. To me, that's about one of the most useless pieces of furniture that we put in a church house. <laughs> of course, I'm glad to be back here. I did retire from schoolwork, but uh, I'll never retire from preaching the gospel. I preach, I'm a dislocated preacher, <laughs> and I've been doing a little teaching at night, there's a preacher's training school over at Lakeland, just 30 miles from where I live, I drive over three nights a week, and there's a fine, there's a fine group of young men, most of them are here, you know they dismiss the school, every one of them to come to this meeting, along with Brother Carr. Now, I didn't come with them. They wanted me to, you know why? Well, most of them came on a bus. It's not much bigger than a book plane. I call them the rock and roll crowd. They rocked and rolled all the way up here. And when they took off, it reminded me of an old Georgia boy. I don't mean to be facetious, Georgia, but you know over in Georgia there's a change of time, an hour, from the eastern over to Alabama, central time. Well, this old boy lived out in the country, and he'd never been around much, and he wanted to take a bus ride and go over to Alabama. It's just an hour's ride. So he goes up to the ticket agent, and he said, what time do the bus leave? He said, 12 o'clock. He said, what time do the bus get there? He said, 12 o'clock. 
he moved over and scratched his head a little while. He went back and said, what time do the bus leave? He said, 12 o'clock. He said, what time do the bus get there? He said, 12 o'clock. He said, do you want a ticket? He said, no, sir. But I'd like to stand around and watch you scratch off. <laughs> There have been so much said about uh, liberalism, about all I know says, amen. <laughs> but isn't it wonderful that we have an administration here in the school and the board of directors, the Bible faculty that is of the mind, the disposition to launch a program of this kind. To study these great themes, we ought to be very thankful to God. And may I say to you, brethren, we get critical sometimes of our schools, and they're not above it, but they're the best ones in the world. You just ought to see what goes on at a big university near where I live. It's scary. I don't want to even tell you. The topic assigned to me is our attitude toward denominations, denominationalism, denominations. You know that seems strange that people would even ask for that. And I think one reason that we're asking that is because we have forgotten what the church is. If we equate the church with denominations, then that question is apropos. But I don't regard the church of the New Testament as being in that category. There isn't any comparison. They're not comparisons. Now, if you say one church is good as another, well, it depends on what you mean. If you mean human organizations, well and good. But I don't belong to it. Never did. Don't intend to. We have a lot The rising generation to forget what the church is. I hold in my hand the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, and it is the ultimate of absolute and complete truth about the church. Everything that God ever said about the church in the New Age is in this book. Everything that Christ ever said about it is in this book. Everything the Holy Spirit ever said about it is in this book. And do you know something that not in this book, I can take this book and prove this is so? You say that's dogmatic. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you say that's legalistic. Go watch it. I'm not afraid of law, and law is part of grace. It's absurd. Glory. That grace eliminates law. The Great Commission is a part of the grace of God. It doesn't belong to the grace of God, it belongs to the grace of the devil. Jesus said, either believe and is baptized or be saved. You were baptized, you were baptized either by the grace of God or by the grace of the devil. By whose grace were you baptized? Now, when I'm talking about the church, 
I'm talking about that institution that Jesus said, I will build. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build. Did he build? Did he build? Yes, sir. Oh, and it's the Spirit. That's right. Now then, how can you compare that with something John Wesley built? How can you compare that with something that John Smith built? Is that treason? 
Is that a bad moment? Is that a legalism? Is that dogmatism? The prayer wants to be simply as it was in the New Testament times. Pioneer preachers. Early day preachers. Brother Arvin told me, he said, you don't need 15 sermons. But that's all you need, 15 sermons. Let me tell you. All you young men would learn, do well if you learn the 15. Among them, the establishment and the identity of the church. People know, people know, boy, I will build my church. See, my brethren today, Brother Warren, they don't know what the church is. They think it's a meeting house. They don't say it's a church. They say, well, brother, we know that right here, and I congratulate you, we don't know it in Florida. We don't know what the church is. I hear brother all the time about fussing about eating in the church. Jesus Christ was established. Here, let us read the church. 
Peter added to the church. It was there, wasn't it? It becomes a simple matter of identification. Preachers used to preach on the identity of the church, its foundation. On the first Pentecost after the resurrection of Christ, many church started later than that. It's too late. One started early and that's too early. But if you go for the people one time and ask him about the latter day saints, he said, names you'll start too late. <laughs> Couldn't be a New Testament church. Think about comparing the church of Jesus Christ built with the one Joe Smith built. Think about a man who claims to be a gospel preacher and he says, Well, this church is good as the one Jesus built. You mean old Joe Smith built one to be Jesus Christ? Dogmatism isn't limited to people that make a plea for the New Testament. Legalism, dogmatism. Long stories. If you know the man that preaches the doctrine of faith only is just as legalistic and dogmatic as anybody in the world. When he gets up and says you have to believe to be saved. He's excluded every Jew on the top side of He's excluded every Muhammad. Oh, these people. It is all bad. Legalistic. And you don't scare them. I shall not tell you. You call it what you want to. The church was established on the first Pentecost after the resurrection of Christ. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle's doctrine. Very one remarkable education. If the church doesn't buy what the apostle thought, it isn't an excessive church. I don't care what you thought, I don't care what kind of name you put up, it's just not an excessive church. If it doesn't buy in the apostle's Collection. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said that I gave order. An example to the churches. To the churches. He said, What well, I wrote to one church, I wrote to all of them. To the churches. On the first day of the week, they just want to lay life. There's the purpose. In store, they saw in the commentary. He said, well, I will have to teach you common phrases, did you read? <laughs> did you read? In store! You don't have to be educated. No, not being facetious. But there's a lot going today under the guise of education. Isn't education. It is an undermined way to destroy the church. So they buy it and store it. There's a treasure in it. You put it in a common treasure. It means you can't spell it, it's so. Some fellow did some things not even can't spell it. Old boy was on the street corner. He called the mortuary and said, uh, Why don't you come over here and pick up a body? 
The fellow's dead. He said, are you sure he's dead? Yeah, sure he's dead. Are you positive? He said, oh, yeah, I stick bullet holes in him and he hadn't moved in four hours. <laughs> and he turned blue. Well, the mortician said, where is he? Well, he said, uh, uh, on Brocade Street. Brocade said, how do you expect? He said, uh, B-R-O, B-R-O-C, B-R-O-K. He said, could I call you back in 20 minutes? <laughs> he said, why you want to call me back? He said, I'm going to move this fellow over on Oak Street. <laughs> If you have to move over on Oak Street to get it, here it is. In the Apostle Doctrine Fellowship, the breaking of bread. And their music consisted of singing. Then you know that they will tell us today, well, the Bible doesn't authorize congregational singing, but what do you bring here? Oh, look. Well, I command to sing at home. Huh? I bring your songs up and search me home. Who would do that? Bible says, well, let the word of Christ dwell in your riches. Always teach you. And the modest one of those songs, the human spirit of the Lord. Let is an imperative.
If you think so, let me ask you a question. You say, you keep seeing without it, but it's not, it isn't aimed, it is. What I mean, because there's no such thing as conservative, it goes back and forth. Is an instrument in the man song? Oh, yes, yes. Can you read the song? Can you read one? If you can read one without a pen, and if you can't read, you ought to be able to see one without it. Because singing is very magic reading. Yes, somebody isn't in the night. Oh, but you say it's in the birds that I'm dead. I saw a book for that by a fellow recently. Brother Howard is a thesis for a master's degree. And the whole burden of it was that the object of a bird is in the bird.
They don't know what the church is. Now, what's <clears throat> my attitude towards the nomination Pick up your Bible. 